as Christians, we, we don't believe in karma. We don't believe that if you do bad things that some mystical force will come and pay you back for what you've done or that uh, there is a force that keeps things at neutral. We do, however, believe that actions have consequences. And it, these consequences are built into the natural and spiritual order by the Lord our God. We are going to be held responsible by our works, not necessarily here in this life, but most definitely in the life to come. And I want us to, think, uh, to look at this passage and to take some time to think about how we're sowing and how we're reaping. What is the fruit that is evident in your life? What are the things that we should be seeing that we're not? What are the consequences of our actions? And I want to assure you this morning that believing that there are consequences to the things that we do, believing that is essential to holding on to the faith. There's a reason that over and over again Jesus tells the disciples that no one has lost family and no one has left family or home or things that won't receive more in this life and the life to come. There's a reason at the end of Revelation that Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly and I bring my reward with me. There's a reason that Jesus is always talking about the rewards, the rewarded person who had ten talents. Remember, God gave to him ten cities and not only ten cities, he gave to him the talents of the one who was unwise and did not invest the master's talent. Over and over again, Jesus talks to us about our reward. And the reason he does that is because in the dry times and the difficult seasons of life, he wants us to remember that, number one, he's not forgotten us, that even though it may seem that our works are meaningless, they are not, and that God is faithful and just to reward us for what we have done for Christ's sake. In this passage, the first thing that Paul teaches us about these rewards and sowing and reaping is that we reap and we sow because every work that we do is done before the Lord. So if you look in verse 7, it says here, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Why does Paul say when he begins to talk about sowing and reaping that God is not mocked? Because we need to remember, you need to remember, that when you sin, it is no private thing, even if you feel that you are all alone. We never get away with sin. We never sin alone. We are not the only ones who know. And even if you sin with a group or with others and you know that nobody's going to tell, you still do not do this alone. Every single thing that we do, the reality of our lives is this. When we sin, we do it in the presence of God. And when we break His commands and His law, we mock Him to His face. There is no place we can go. There is nowhere we can sin. There is no dark corner where we can hide where we are not always living in the presence before the, before the face of the living God. And when He sees us break His law, He will not be mocked to His face as if He cannot see, as if He will not act, and as if He will not repay. God will not be mocked. Whatever we sow, we will reap it. Because the Lord's reputation Himself, He, he Himself, His reputation is at stake. How is the Lord's reputation at stake when you sin? Because He's taught us that He is a just God, that He is a rewarder of the righteous, and He is the punisher of the wicked. Will 
wickedness go unpunished? Will wickedness go unrepaid? Will the righteous labor in vain? It cannot be because the Lord God, His reputation is at stake. When God says, don't do this, and we say in our heart, I'm going to do this anyway, and I don't care what you say, God will never let us get away with that. It is never a private thing. No matter what we do, it's never private. We like to think that it is. Sin lives and breathes in darkness. We try to keep a lid on it. We try to not let others see the shame that we're walking through. If others knew what I'm going through, they would judge me. They would think less of me. They would not think of me as a good person. And everybody I know has it together. Well, I want to tell you two things that are very true. Every single person you know is as bad as you are. Every single person you know is struggling like you are. They're not going through the same thing, but every single one of us are struggling because this is a broken and fallen world, and we don't get out of it unscathed. And two, if you try to keep a lid on it, it will fester like gangrene, and it will eat you alive until there is no joy, peace, or hope left. It will destroy you. Bring that stuff to the light so that the Lord God Almighty can cleanse you of your troubles and your sins. The Lord says this to us. The Lord Jesus said, When you pray, go into your private room. Shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You go into your closet, you pray by yourself, you get before the Lord by yourself. Only the Lord sees, and He rewards same thing is true for sin. You go into a dark place, you shut the door, you think nobody sees, the Lord sees. And he will rebuke you openly. Paul says that there is a day coming when the Lord will judge what people have kept secret according to my gospel through Jesus Christ. That's Romans 2.16. There is no thing that you do right now that's going to be kept secret. You can come out with it now or he's going to come out with it later. God will not be mocked. Whatever a person sows, they will reap. We reap what we sow, whether it is good or evil. The book of Proverbs says this in Proverbs 6, 27 through 28. Can a person embrace fire and their clothing not be burned? Can a person walk on burning coals without scorching their feet? If we sow to the flesh, we will reap fleshly things. There is no other way around it. So ask yourself this question. Are you scooping hot coals into your lap thinking that you will not be burned? What are you investing in? I'm asking you personally. Don't let this fly over your head like a sermon or like I'm talking to everybody else. I'm talking right to you. The Spirit of God, I pray, apply this to your heart right now. What are you investing in? Where are your treasures, brothers and sisters? Where are you investing them? And what is the flesh? Here's what the flesh is, broadly speaking. The flesh is the willful, obstinate part of ourselves that does not wish to submit to the things of the Lord or to anything else. The flesh is the part of us that doesn't believe that there will be consequences because we are God's. That's the flesh. God will not punish me for this because I, because, because, because we start to rationalize all the things that we do when we begin to live for ourselves. And we feed our flesh and we're going to reap it. Investing in the flesh says it doesn't matter what I do. Or as 2 Peter 3, 4 puts it, where is the promise of his coming? 
Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they have since the beginning of creation. There will never be a time of judgment. I will never face consequence. I will not have to give an account for the things that I've done. That's the flesh. The flesh says, I will accumulate worldly goods for myself. Or as Jesus teaches us in the parable of the unwise rich man, I, my barns are full, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And the Spirit of God said to him, you fool, tonight your soul is required of you. And the Lord Jesus said, what does it profit a person if they gain the world and lose their soul? The flesh says, I am the boss and everyone does what I want. The flesh says, I get to define who I am and nobody can tell me otherwise. And nobody can tell me what to do. The flesh gets into sexual sin. And the Bible describes it like this in the book of Proverbs. It's like an adulterous woman who eats a peach, wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wrong. That's the flesh. We sow to it, we reap it. That's the flesh. And listen to me. If you sow to your flesh, you will reap death. The death of the soul, the death of relationships, the death of harmony, the death of your dreams, the death of joy. Everything that you value will die if you hold to the flesh as it says. It is an paradox it is something that jesus warns us about he says if you want to keep your life you're going to lose it if you lose your life for my sake you'll find it stop sowing to the flesh it spreads in your heart and soul like i said like a disease like a cancer like gangrene there was no commercial when I was a kid, we'd watch Saturday morning cartoons, and every once in a while they would try to help us, and they would give us these commercials. One of them was, you got to play it safe around the power lines. you got to be a certain age to remember that one, a little lightning bug on their hand. And there was one where this dad would come in this room, and, and if you're my age and maybe a little younger, you remember this, he'd come in there and he would say, and he had drugs, and he confronts his son, and he says, Son, where did you get this? Where did you... Learn to do this. You know what I mean? And the boy looks at him and says, I learned it by watching you. And at the end of it, the narrator says, Parents who use drugs have kids who use drugs. That's not a Christian commercial. But whatever you sow, you'll reap. And what you reap, you may think is good. You may think that it is helpful. You pound into your kids' heads, things that are good. Get good grades. You try to help your kids get good grades, they might get good grades. Get a good job. You need to go to school so you can get a good job, so you can support your family. You need to be good at sports. You need to practice. You need to never quit. You need to never give up. All of these things that you sow into your children. You sow in the gospel with that sort of fervor? Because you can be a all-star athlete who makes Major League Baseball or whatever they play. You can be a straight-A student who gets a degree in medical school, fantastic neurologist, something like that. Be lost and miserable without peace in life because you didn't sow into them with the first thing every day 
is we should remember the Lord our God, what he has done for us and what he expects of us. What are we serving? What are we going to do? What does it profit your children if they gain the world and lose their soul? Do not let the whispering seduction of the world and your worry for your kids' worldly success overwhelm your sowing into them this important task. As the catechism says, who made me? God made me. For what reason did God make me? To glorify him. Is that what we're sowing? If not, we will reap a harvest of greed, selfishness, and pride. Listen to the word of the Lord. Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers, can a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. That's James 3.12. Listen to the scriptures again. It is better to have a dry crust with peace than a house full of feasting and strife. Proverbs 17.1. Better a poor man who lives with integrity than a rich man who resorts right to wrong. Proverbs 28.6. What are you sowing? What will we reap? Are we sowing to the flesh? Are we sowing to the kingdom of God? Where are our priorities? Is everything prioritized right? Because look, even good things, if they are not prioritized correctly, become bad things. If we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, we may do as we please. But if we don't, then even the good gifts which God has given us will destroy us. But let me encourage you also not to give up doing good because at the end of the passage, Paul wants to make sure that we don't give up. Verse 9 says, let us not get tired, or the King James says, let us not grow weary of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. We can sow good things and reap a reward from the Father who sees in secret, as I said earlier we should do good works in secret we should not let our right hand know what our left hand does god will reward us openly for these things but sometimes we get tired we feel like we work in vain nothing's happening i'm planting i'm sowing seed i don't see any produce and it's tempting to give up jesus said once you lay your hand to the plow if you turn back again you are not worthy of the kingdom of heaven you must keep plowing to the end and it takes faith in the promises of God to believe that one day there's going to be a harvest. That the one who sows will come again rejoicing, as the psalmist says, bringing his sheaves with him. That the one who sows will reap. And if we remain faithful to the Lord our God and sow even in the dry ground, that one day there is going to be fruit and that the Lord will be glorified through it and we will be rewarded for it. Do not grow weary in doing good. Don't give up. Let it settle in your heart and take deep root so that when the droughts come and the famine hits, 
the plant will survive. That little seed of hope will take root so that you can move mountains. If I don't give up, I will reap. Not because of my great perseverance, but because the Lord our God is faithful to me and to you. And we will reap it. The word of the Lord says, do not despise the day of small things. Don't give up. No. As my grandfather-in-law says, little is much when the Lord is in it. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, the Bible says. He was using that illustration to talk about how sin can permeate throughout a group. But it can be the same with good works. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. It doesn't take much. Jesus said this, you have the faith the size of a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Be cast into the sea. If you sow to the kingdom of God, you will reap to the kingdom of God. You will reap life. We sowed this way, we will reap death. Paul said this, I consider everything to be a loss. In view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things. And consider them filth, so that I may gain Christ and be found Philippians 3 8. What do we do? How do we live? Paul says here we should invest in everyone. Therefore, as we have opportunity, as you have opportunity, let us work for the good of all. As you have opportunity. It's amazing how often we find the opportunity when we're looking for it. The Lord will open doors for us to serve others, to be kind from the small to the great, to share with them the love that is in us, in Christ. We can share that love with them. We can help them as God gives opportunity. We should do good to all. It doesn't matter if they know Jesus. It doesn't matter if they don't. It doesn't matter what race or country they come from. It makes no difference. As we have opportunity, we do good to all especially for those who belong to the household of faith. In our benevolence here at the church, we give anybody who comes, anybody at all, we will give them money for groceries. doesn't matter who they are. doesn't matter what their story is. We will give them that benevolence money. If it's someone in our fellowship, we do more than we will for others. We're supposed to take care of one another, especially the household of faith. How does that apply to you? First of all, you should do good to all. That's pretty easy, but especially the household of faith. And to be a little more specific, how about this house? How about this church? How are you being especially good to those who are in covenant relationship with you? How are you being especially careful to be a blessing to them and to help them? Are you involved 
Are you attending consistently? Are you reaching out and making friendships? Are you making sure that everyone has what they need? This is how we sow to the kingdom. That's how we invest in the kingdom of God. Do good to all as we have opportunity. Do good to all, especially to the household of faith. Jesus Christ died for his church. He lived for his church. And he tells us, everyone, take up your cross and follow him. And he promises that if you do that, you will have a reward, not only in this life, but in the life to come. This morning, I want to ask you, what are you sowing in? And so let us just think about the fruit which we are reaping. Are you reaping the fruit of peace? Do you have peace in your heart? Or are you unsettled and worried, constantly nagged by doubt? Do you have joy? Or are you filled with anxiety and worry and chaos in your heart? Do you have love in your heart? Or do you fear that not only do you not love the Lord, you don't know if anybody loves you? Let the beauty and peace of the Spirit in us is that you know matter. You know, no matter what else occurs, that God loves you. He's a good father, and he will never let you go, which is the root of all of our peace and joy. Have you forgotten his promises? Have you ever had any? This morning, the Lord God is offering to you peace and joy and love from Christ. If you will believe in your heart that Christ has died for you, for you, that he has raised him from the dead for you, that he offers him to you, you will be saved. Repent of your sins. Repent of your sowing to the flesh. And come to Jesus. That invitation is open to all. This morning we are going to sing. So if the band would come on up. I'm going to invite the elders as we begin to sing this morning to come to these steps and pray. And so here is your opportunity as the elders come to pray at these steps. You can come pray with them. You can come pray for them. Maybe you need prayer this morning yourself. This is open to you. We're going to sing two songs. So you can stand and you can sing. Or you can come and you can pray. Or you can stand there and pray. But what we want this morning, the reason we're offering a longer period of time this morning is because we want you to have the freedom and the time to respond as you need to. Look, I'm the pastor, and I know for a fact that we have hurting people in this room who need prayer, who need the Spirit's peace. And the elders know that. We know what's going on. Most of you don't. Some of you are having great times. Some of you are not. Let's pray and sing this morning that the Spirit of God will help us. Let's stand and sing.